Welcome to this verse-by-verse Bible teaching from Calvary Queen Creek in Arizona with Pastor Jim Remington. We hope you're blessed by listening. Romans 10.17 says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. For more information, please visit calvaryqueencreek.org. Amen. Well, please be seated. We're going to do something a little different today. We're going to sing a song, and then we're going to read some scriptures. You're not going to be able to follow along. There's a lot of anxiety that's taking place in our country, in our world. Uh, There's a lot of fear, and it's creeping into the church. And so we have to go back to the Word, and it sounds like, well, duh. Uh, Well, unfortunately, if you find yourself there, not mocking you, not ridiculing, none of that nonsense, because we're in crazy days. It's absolutely crazy. So I understand that. I get that. But you want to be in your word every single day. From Genesis to Revelation, you need to do devotions every single day. So as it gets worse, as you're going to see it's going to, in the scriptures as well as reality, you're okay with that. You might have those emotions, but they're going to be very momentary. Because you're going, God, you got a plan. Jesus is coming back. We know the rest of the story. We know who wins. So God just, just take, in 2 Corinthians 10, 5 says, take every thought captive to the obedience of Jim. <laughs> Is that what it says? Now, if you don't know your Bible, you're like, what? It says, take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. We've got to stay focused on Jesus in these days we're in. We're never going back to normal. We're not. Get that off your radar. Jesus is coming back, and that's okay. So we have a new norm. Big deal. We got a new norm. We're ambassadors for Christ. We're just visiting this planet. So get used to the new norm and do what? Spread the gospel. And if that new norm changes, it doesn't change us. We're ambassadors for Christ. Spread the gospel. And if it changes again, spread the gospel. Nothing's changed over the last 2,000 years. I mean, society has changed, kingdoms have changed, countries have changed, but the gospel hasn't changed. That's our calling as ambassadors. Spread the gospel. Whatever's happening out there, spread the gospel. And so that's what we're going to focus on this morning. And that song, um, as we sing songs, you might be new or visiting or, or maybe you're unchurched. We, we don't sing songs as filler time. We don't sing songs because there's nothing better to do. Uh, we sing songs that have truth in them. And that first song is just... Theologically, and we try to sing songs that are very theological. His mercies are new every morning. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. That's our goal, guys, as ambassadors, to get out and, and take our fear captive, our anxiety captive, our worries, worries captive to the obedience of Christ so that we can go out and people can see, why aren't you afraid? Well, aren't you anxious about this? Aren't you worried? Well, yeah, a little bit, but God's got a plan. God's got it under control. Do you know God? Do you know Jesus? That's what it's all about. So as we sing these songs, and as you hear the word here, I, I encourage you, you're not going to be able to follow along. I'm not going to give you references, but it's all scripture. Uh, I just really want to encourage you to maybe even close your eyes, and we're not into new age, so don't even go down that road. But we're always, I'm distracted. That's why I usually sit in the front row. I'm easily distracted. So when I sing, I close my eyes. If I don't know the words, I open my eyes. Otherwise, I keep my eyes closed. I'm easily distracted. 
So I encourage you to just really focus on the word. As I'm saying the word, and ask yourself, how does that apply to me? How does that verse apply to me? I'm going to read hundreds, literally hundreds of verses this morning. How do these verses apply to me? How can I grow in my walk with God, with Christ, with the Holy Spirit to become a more mature Christian? None of us have arrived. When you take your last breath, you've arrived. Until then, we all, myself included, we all need to mature, 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 grow in the faith, grow in the grace. So here we go. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear? You see, there's a healthy fear. It's called reverence. A healthy fear is to revere revere the Lord our God. But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways and to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command you today for your good. Indeed, heaven and the highest heavens. So the first heaven is everything within our atmosphere. The second heaven is everything outside of our atmosphere. Belong to the Lord your God. Also the earth and all that is in it. In God is my salvation and my glory, the rock of my strength, and my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. You are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Gather the people together, men and women and little ones, and the stranger, that would be the Gentile, and the stranger who is within your gates that they may hear and that they may learn to fear the Lord your God, to reverence him, and carefully observe all the words of this law, and that their children who have not known it may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God as long as you live in the land which you cross the Jordan to possess so we get ready to sing the next song forever O lord your word is settled in heaven your faithfulness endures to all generations you established the earth and it 
abides. And the theme here, Jim, I'm not sure if you put it up, Jim, I might have missed it. Right here's the theme for all of these verses. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. The enemy has an influence. And if you haven't noticed in the last 16 months a spirit of fear coming upon the whole world, you are not awake. You're breathing, but you are not awake. And so there is such a thing as a spirit of fear from the enemy. But notice what the scriptures say. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Sound mind. Let's sing another song. And again, let's just not sing it to sing it. Think about it. Meditate what you're saying. Pray about it and ask the Holy Spirit, how are these words on this screen affecting me? What, does, what needs to change in my heart, God? Nobody else's. What needs to change in my heart? And then I'll come up and we'll share some more scriptures. Standing on this mountaintop Looking just how far we've come Knowing that for every step You were with us Kneeling on this battleground Seeing just how much you've done Knowing every victory was your power in Scars and struggles on the way But with joy our hearts can say Yes, our hearts can say Never once did we ever walk alone Never once did you leave us on our own You are faithful, God, you are faithful You are faithful, God, you are faithful Standing on this mountaintop Standing on this mountaintop Looking just how far we've come Knowing that for every step you were with Kneeling on this battleground Seeing just how much you've done Knowing every victory was your power in Scars and struggles on the way With joy our hearts can say Yes, our hearts can say Never once did we ever walk alone Never once did you leave us on our own You are faithful, God, you are faithful Every step we are breathing in your grace And evermore we'll be breathing out your praise You are faithful, God, you are faithful, it's true. You are faithful, God, you are faithful. Scars and struggles, scars and struggles on the way, but with joy our hearts can say, never once 
Did we ever walk alone, carried by your constant grace, and held within your perfect peace? Never once, no, we never walk alone. Never once did we ever walk alone. Never once. Did you leave us on our own? You are faithful, God, you are faithful. And every step we are breathing in your grace. And evermore we'll be breathing out your praise. You are faithful, God, you are faithful, it's true. You are faithful, God, you are faithful, we know. You are faithful, God, you are faithful. Have you allowed the Lord to do that in your life? Have you looked back in your life and said, man, God, you were faithful then, you were faithful then, you were faithful then. I wasn't faithful and you were still faithful. I didn't think you were going to come through and you came through. Have you, have you experienced that? Are you experiencing that? As you do that, your trust is going to go very, very deep. But it takes looking back and realizing, God, you are always there. And as you read your Bible, you're going to go, well, God, let me see. You took care of up to 3 million Jews, Israelites, for 40 years in a desert. No superstores. No superstores. None. No water fountain. God provided for them. Do you believe that? Or is it just a story in your Bible? If you believe that, you're going to know, God, you're going to take care of me. I don't know how it's going to play out. It doesn't matter to me how it's going to play out. I just know you're going to take care of me. And with that, I'm going to be an ambassador for Christ. Why? For God has not given us a spirit of fear. If you are living in fear, did you hear what I said? Living. We all have fear at times. We all have anxiety. We all have worry. That's natural. But if you're allowing it to consume you, if you're allowing it to control your life, that's not from God. Scripture, it's not from God. It's from the enemy. But what has God given us through the Holy Spirit is the power and the love and the sound mind of Jesus Christ. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me, Jesus speaking. I am the vine. You are are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. 
And that's speaking of spiritual things. Because obviously we can do a lot of things. But we have to even in these days get our eyes to heaven and stay focused on heaven. And realize apart from the Holy Spirit, I can do nothing of spiritual significance. I have inclined my heart to perform your statutes forever to the very end. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I have not strayed from your precepts or from your word. Great peace have those who love your law or the word, and nothing causes them to stumble. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is focused on you or stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever for in Yah, Yahweh, the Lord is everlasting. These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, Jesus says, I have overcome the world. Jeremiah says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes. But its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. Second Samuel says, as for God, his way is perfect. The word is the Lord, the word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all who trust in him, for who is God? Except the Lord. And who is a rock? Except our God. God is my strength and power, and He makes my way complete. He makes my feet like the feet of deer and sets me on my high places. So, you get ready to sing another song. Guys, this is the God we serve. This is the God we serve. I encourage you, I I just did this through my computer. You can do the same thing. Start creating verses. It washes our mind. It washes our mind. And it also puts a hedge around our mind to keep the world at bay. We, we, We are of this world, but we're not. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. We need to know what's going on. I know what's going on. But I protect my mind with the word of God. Otherwise, fear and anxiety would consume me. They would. This is crazy what's going on. You have to have more focus on the word than the world. More focus on the word than the world. Again, let's sing another song. 
and just ask the Holy Spirit, how does this song apply to me?
Amen. I hope that's your prayer because it is my prayer. Let's go back to our theme verse. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Corinthians, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulations, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. How can we comfort someone in the world if we haven't allowed ourselves to be comforted first? Because people will look at us and they'll look in our eyes and they'll go, you are such a fake. Or they'll say, man, you're real. This is real to you, isn't it? This Christianity stuff, it's not a game. It's real to you, isn't it? And you'll be able to say, yes, it is. God comfort me via his Holy Spirit by the word, and I want to comfort you. But guys, we can't comfort anyone if we haven't been comforted first. It's in the Bible. Get comforted by God, by his word, by other believers, by counsel, whatever it takes. Psalm says, unless your law had been my delight... I would have perished in my affliction. Trouble and anguish have overtaken me. Yet, your commandments are my delights. Romans says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace which, in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who, ha- who was given to us. Psalm says, But let all those rejoice who put their trust in you. Let them ever shout for joy because you defend them. Let those also who love your name be joyful in you. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust and does not respect the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. Many, O Lord my God, are your wonderful works in which you have done, and your thoughts towards us cannot be recounted to you in order. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. Proverbs says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Romans says, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. Guys, this whole thing is causing divisions in families. We heard about it again in another family last night, not from this church, but 
certain members will not gather with other members because of the shot. The enemy will use anything to divide us. He'll use our careers, our hobbies. He'll use what's happening in society. He'll use whatever it takes to try to divide us. We cannot allow that to happen. Want to get the shot? Get the shot. You don't want to get it? Don't get it. But don't bring it into the church and divide the church over it. It's your own personal choice. You do what God's called you to do. Don't allow the enemy to divide your heart against another brother or sister in Christ. And don't bring it into the church. One man esteems one day as another. Another man esteems, you know, one man esteems one day. Another man esteems all days alike. It's in the scriptures. Do what God's calling you to do. God will take care of the rest. Not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind towards one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. That would be believers as well as unbelievers. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. And that word men there again is mankind. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Now, as I just read that, you might think, heap coals of fire, that doesn't sound very nice. And again, you got to know a little bit about the culture. You can get the books. This isn't hard to figure out. But people had, you know, didn't have electricity, right? Didn't have their ovens. So they had burnt uh, coals. And they would try to keep those coals alive throughout the evening so that in the morning they could cook. Well, if your fire went out, you would go to your neighbor and say, could I have some coals? Of course. And they would bless their neighbor with coals so that they could go home and cook. So once you learn a little culture, you go, oh, that makes perfect sense. Just bless, 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 bless. Revelation says this, I, John, both your brother and companion in the tribulation and kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ was on the island that was called Patmos. Why? For the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. For the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. I am not an ambassador for the Republican Party, for the Democratic Party, for the Socialist Party, for the shot, for the mask. No, no, I'm an ambassador for Christ. And if I stay in the Word, the Word will show me how to vote, how to be active in politics, how to be active in my community. The Word will show me. It's plain and clear. We already read it in Romans. Psalm 31, Psalm 30 says this, For I hear the slander of many. Fear is on every side. While they take counsel together against me, they scheme to take away my life. But as for me, I trust in you, O Lord. I say, you 
are my God. Our daughter, being a nurse, has till November 1st to make a decision. She's already made her decision. She's trusting in God, and if she gets fired, she gets fired. But that's her relationship. So everyone has to work out their own walk with God. So trust in the Lord. He'll take care of you. Because there is a scheme that's taking place. And it's not just the president. It's worldwide scheme to cause fear, trepidation, isolation, to keep us apart so that we would not grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Corinthians says this, For we do not want you to be ignorant or unknowing, brethren, of our trouble, which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened beyond measure, above strength. Listen to what Paul says here. So that we despaired even of life. Apostle Paul? He had the fear of losing his life? Well, he just wrote it, so it must be it. He's a man, you're a man, you're a woman, but he pressed through, he pressed through. Yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a death and does deliver us, in whom we trust he will still deliver us. You also helping together in prayer for us that thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf for the gift granted to us through many. Psalm says, In my distress, I cried to the Lord and he heard me. Are you crying out to God? As we get ready for the next psalm. Are you crying out to God? Are you crying out to God? Or are you looking to the pastorate? Or are you looking to the politician? All these verses are pointing to what? God, 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 God. The world's going to do what the world's going to do. We're ambassadors for Christ. We'll sing one last song. The word of God is light in my darkness. Hope for the hopeless, strong and true. The word of God is Strength for the weary, assure for those who trust in you. Assure for those who trust in you. Everything will fade, everything will fade. The heavens and the earth will pass away. But you will remain, yes, you will remain always. darkness 
Hope for the hopeless, strong and true. The word of God is strength for the weary, a shield for those who trust in you. A shield for those who trust in you. Everything will fade. Everything will fade. Everything will fade. The heavens and the earth will pass away. But you will remain. Yes, you will remain always. Jesus, faithful word of God, the anchor of my heart. You're everything you say. You are, Lord, greater than my deepest need. seated for these last sections of verses again the theme verse for God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind Timothy says for bodily exercises exercise profits a little but godliness is profitable for all things having promise of the life that now is and that which is to come This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. For to this end we labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially of those who believe. How many people, as we approach 8 billion people, how many of those people are forgiven? 8 billion people are forgiven. How many of those people have appropriated that forgiveness? Different question, different answer. But there's not a person on this earth that has not been forgiven, no matter what they are, homosexual, trans, adulterer, fornicator, gambler, thief, murderer. They've all been forgiven. Have they appropriated it? The majority have not. But we're ambassadors for Christ to go out 
with the gospel of Jesus Christ, that they can be forgiven. These things command and teach. Matthew, Jesus says, whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. And what you hear in the ear, preach on the housetops. And do not fear those who can kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. But rather fear him, God, who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin? And not one of them falls to the ground apart from my Father's will. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore. You are of more value than many sparrows. The psalmist says, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Another psalm. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in in man. Another psalm, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from where comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Hebrews tells us, let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have, for he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear What can man do to me? A psalmist says, I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I do hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than those who watch for the morning. Yes, more than those who watch for the morning. And lastly, Ecclesiastes says, And further, my son, be admonished by these, of making many books... There is no end. And much study is wearisome to the flesh. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. Leave it to God. Don't worry. We know it's messed up. It's obvious. It's so obvious that we have to conclude this is spiritual. This is spiritual what's taking place in this world. The Antichrist is alive. He's seeking after control. I personally believe this was a trial balloon and it succeeded well and is continuing to succeed it's going to become faster and faster and faster towards the coming of Jesus Christ. We've got to stay focused, guys. We've got to stay focused. And, you know, we do things every now and then. Let's, let's read this together. Let's read this together, and I encourage you to read it. We'll read it nice and slow. And if you don't believe it, don't say it. I'm, we're not making you say it. But if you believe it, you know, we're not talking about the, the Chargers. We're not, we're not talking about the Phoenix Suns. We're talking about God here. And if, 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 this is, if, if you believe this, then say it with some belief. Say it like you mean it. And if you don't, then that's fine. That's fine. But say it. I encourage us to all say it together. You ready? 
For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now again, this is a little unusual. We've never done this before. I, I, probably, I don't know, unless the Holy Spirit tells me to, I probably won't ever do it again. But I'm going to do something that's going to be very, very uncomfortable. It's going to be intimidating. But I want everyone in this room to know you're in a group of people that love Jesus, that love God, that love the Holy Spirit. And there is no condemnation in this room or in this church. And so if you're in that place right now, we want to pray for you. We want to pray for you very specifically. I'm going to ask you to do something that you're not going to want to do. But I encourage you to do it because we love you and God loves you. And this shows no lack of faith. This doesn't mean that you're a baby Christian. You might be 30 years in the Lord. None of that nonsense. Get that out of your brain right now. Take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. But we want to pray for you. We as a Bible-believing church want to pray for you. So if you're in that place and you would like prayer, I would like you to stand where you're sitting right now and say, I need prayer. I'm not going to ask you to share anything. Just say, you know what? I need prayer. Is there anyone in this room that would like to do that? You just stand up where you're at. You just stand up where you're at. There's no judgment here, guys. There's absolutely no judgment. This is the body of Christ. And this is a healthy place, a private place, a place not of the world. Anybody else? No judgment. Anybody else? Okay? Anybody else? Okay, now the rest of us, let's stand up and gather around them. Don't freak out. We're not going to do anything weird to you. We're just going to lay hands on you. We're going to pray for you. We're not going to ask you what the situation is. That's none of our business. This is between God and you. So don't freak out. We just want to express that love. Make sure that everybody who stood up, that somebody has hands laid on them. Does, Does everybody have that? We don't want anybody. If nobody has hands laid on you right now, just raise your hand so we can lay hands on you. Does anybody, everybody got it? Okay. Father, we thank you and praise you for our brothers and sisters in Christ. And Lord, what's going on in this world is real. And we know the Antichrist is real. And we know that he wants to create fear. He wants to create anxiety. He wants to create worry. He has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and life abundantly, which always goes back to the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, self-control. So, Father, we as a body of Christ, we lift up our brothers and sisters, and we say, Father, fill them with your Holy Spirit afresh, comfort them, strengthen them, whatever the case is, whatever is going on, you already knew But they took the faith to stand and say, I need more of the Holy Spirit. I need my brothers and sisters in Christ. I need to possibly even repent and get right right now. You know God, we don't have to know. But we just thank you for their obedience. We thank you for their faith. Build their faith, Lord. Build it. I know you will if we ask. So I already know you're going to accomplish that. Build their faith. May they see that today and this week. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen, 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 amen. Well, let's look at Matthew chapter 24. I have a lot of verses, so we really want to crank on this because um, part of fear is not knowing the truth. 
not knowing what's going to happen, the fear of the unknown. And that's what we're living in right now is the fear of the unknown. What's our government going to do next? What's our state going to do next? What is our city going to do next? What's my employer going to do next? What is my family going to do next? That is, that is gripping people right now. And so the way that we get rid of that fear is by knowing the Word of God. And so maybe you're new to Christianity or maybe you haven't visited these verses. I'm going to read a lot of verses. I'm going to explain some of them, but I'm just going to read most of them about what's going to take place, what has been prophesied, what Jesus prophesied about, and many others prophesied about the second coming of Jesus Christ, more specifically the rapture. Here at Calvary, we believe in that age of grace that we're living right now. We believe there's going to be a point in time where the church is going to be raptured. And then there's going to be a seven-year great tribulation. Seven years. And you might think, well, I thought the great tribulation was just the last three and a half years. Well, if you read chronologically the book of Revelation, in the first three and a half years, half the world's population is annihilated. If that's not great tribulation, I don't know what is. That's the first three and a half years. The second three and a half years, we don't have any exact numbers except for Israel. Only one-third of those living in Israel are going to come through the fire. And so we need to know these verses. There are two comings. There's the rapture, and there's the second coming of Christ, and we'll get into it here to help explain it. So Matthew 24. Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came up to him to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, Do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. And this happened in 70 AD, by the way, the destruction of Jerusalem. Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to Jesus privately saying, Tell us, when will these things be, and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? Many of us are, I mean, how many of you have heard somebody say, Is this the tribulation? Is this the tribulation? Last year, 16 months, people were asking that question. And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. How do we not get deceived? By reading the word of God from Genesis to Revelation. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. Notice that, will. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. Really, Lord? There's wars going on and you don't want me to be troubled? Okay, I got to trust in you. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation. And when you look up that word nation, it's ethnos, ethnos, ethnic group. Not just Canada, America, Mexico, ethnic group. And what is the enemy trying to do in America? Whites against the blacks, blacks against the Mexicans, Mexicans against ethnic group, trying to divide, trying to cause fear, trying to cause hatred amongst us. It, cannot ha- it can happen. We cannot allow it to happen. We cannot allow that to happen in our hearts. And there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, defund the police. 
And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Now there's four words for love in the Greek. Storge, family love. Eros, erotic love. Those two words are not in the Bible. Phileo, brotherly love. I love you, you love me, you slap me, I slap you harder. Brotherly love. That's in the Bible. And agape, unconditional, committed, selfless love. This word is agape. Read it again. Read it again. And the love of many will grow cold. Who has agape love? Only Christians. We have the Holy Spirit dwelling. You cannot have God's unconditional love without the Holy Spirit. Only the Holy Spirit gives us that unconditional love for the pedophile, for the adulterer, for the thief. Only God can do that. And I visited across the table with a pedophile. I would never have thought I could do that. But the love of God filled my heart for this man who knew Jesus and was going to heaven, but committed something horrendous. And I loved him. The Holy Spirit gave me the strength to do that. So we as believers have to remember in these last days, the love of many will grow cold. Is your love, is your agape love growing cold towards your neighbor, towards your family members, towards your work associates, towards your boss? Guard your heart. Jesus said it will happen. Guard your heart. And then in Luke 18, 8, we have this on a slide because it's just one verse. I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, listen to this, guys. This is for us today we're living in. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Now, there's a couple of different faiths. See, when you walked in here and you sat in a chair, subconsciously, you had faith that that chair was going to hold you up. If you would have had any doubts, you would have stepped back, you would have looked at it, you would have shook it a little bit, you would have said, I'm not sure, and you would have sat on it kind of gently to see. No, you had absolute faith. When you go out in the parking lot, I bet you all of you are going to have absolute faith when you turn the keys, the car is going to start. And it pretty much does every Sunday. That's not the faith that's being talked about here. The faith that's being talked about here is biblical truths. Notice what Jesus says. Will he find biblical truth on the earth? That marriage is between one genetic male, one genetic female. Will he find that faith on the earth? Will there be a church standing that says, yes, We will die for the gospel. That's what Jesus is saying right here. So will he find love? Will he find faith? That's the church. That's the church. Let's look at Mark 13. But when they arrest you and deliver you up, do not worry beforehand or premeditate what you will speak. Mark 13, 11. But whatever is given to you in that hour, speak that. For it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. Now this doesn't negate studying, and this doesn't mean that I shouldn't read and do devotions. It's not insinuating that. It's just, how many of you have ever had this happen in your life? You go, I'm going to go talk to so-and-so, and and I'm going to say this, and then they're going to say that, and when they say that, then I'm going to say this. And when they get done saying that, I'm going to say this. And you have the whole argument in your head. And you go up and say something, they go, oh, oh, I'm sorry. And it just blows your whole day. Come on, I want to have an argument. What are you doing? This is what this is saying. Study, meditate, memorize, but don't worry about it. The Holy Spirit's going to give you the words. 
The Holy Spirit is going to help you to, to speak the gospel as we see in Stephen's life. Now, brother, brother will betray brother to death and a father his child. And you might think, oh, this would never happen. This would never happen. It's happening. Not to death, but it's happening. Family members are saying, you know what? If you don't have the shot, you can't come over. Are you serious? I mean, fine, you want the shot, have the shot. But I, I got antibodies. And antibodies, they're saying, from studies, from science, are 15 to 17% stronger than the shot. And you think you're safe? But whatever. See you on the other side, I guess. And children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death, and you will be hated by all for my name's sake. Please notice that. You will be hated by all for my name's sake. Don't take such a stance for mask or the shot that people hate you. Just, you know what, do what you want to do. Just don't push what you want to do on me, and I won't do the same on you. Now, if they want to discuss and have a conversation, have that conversation. But do it in love, grace, and mercy. And when you can tell they've had enough, then just say, hey, you know what, let's maybe talk about this next week or tomorrow. Or... But be careful that we don't cause hatred. Luke chapter 21. As you're turning there, I'm going to wrap up 13. Luke 21. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake, but he who endures to the end shall be saved or kept safe. Kept safe. Salvation is never a works issue. It's a grace issue. Luke 21 says, Then Jesus spoke to them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all trees. Now this is very important. Because people will say, well, there's always been earthquakes, there's always been famines, there's always been this, there's always been that. Yeah, 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 I totally agree with you. But Israel was not a nation. It was destroyed in 70 AD. It was regathered, rebirthed in 1948. All those things that happened before then, they happened. But from 1948, and we're going to see until the Gentiles are kicked out of Jerusalem, that didn't take place until 67 67. Once that took place, it was Gentile controlled as well as Jewish controlled, Jerusalem. Now it's the capital of Israel. It's totally Jewish controlled. I personally believe the prophetic clock started sticking, ticking in 1967. I wouldn't argue with anybody. That's just my own personal study. So. <clears throat> so look at the fig tree, and the fig tree is one of those symbols of Israel. And all the trees... When they are already budding, you see and know for yourselves that summer is near. So here's a physical analogy to teach a spiritual principle. So you also, when you see these things happening, know that the kingdom of God is near. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. So how can I not be fearful of what's taking place? Jesus just told us they're going to take place. Okay. They're going to take place. Can I stop it? Remember Gamaliel? When the Sanhedrin was trying to quench the church, beating them, imprisoning them, threatening them, and finally Gamaliel said, you know, just let the disciples, take the disciples outside for a moment. And he addressed the whole council. And he gave a whole, you can read the whole story, but at the end he says this, if this is of God, should we fight against God? I'm paraphrasing it, but should we fight against God? If this has to happen, should we be fighting against God? They all know the answer, no. Then leave them alone. 
If it's nothing, it'll come to nothing. But if it is of God, you're not going to win. That's, our, that's my exhortation to you. If this has to happen, the Great Reset 2030, if it has to happen according to God's plan, don't fight against God. Make the best of it. Enjoy the ride. We enjoyed a three-week vacation. Praise God. I thank you for your prayers. It was wonderful. A week in, uh, where did we go? A week in Idaho, a week in Montana, and a week in Washington. Totally relaxful. Um, you know, we've been on, so, get, get, get the CD from about a month ago or six weeks ago. We've been so blessed in our lives. Uh, below the poverty line is, is part of our testimony. We were below poverty line with four kids. No insurance for 10 years. We've done so many trips. And you know, a tree's a tree after a while. The ocean's the ocean. The best part of the three weeks was I was with my best friend. Three whole weeks. No kids, no grandkids. Praise God. It was wonderful. You want to do that? Yeah. Want to go for ice cream? Yeah. You, you, don't, you don't want to do that? Then we won't do that. It was wonderful. Total relaxation, 50s and 80s. It was such a blessing. But that was God. The world was still falling apart and is still falling apart. It's, it's where's your heart? My heart's in heaven. It's falling apart. I'll make the best of it. It's your, it's your earth, God, not mine. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. Take heed to yourself. Here's an exhortation from Jesus, not the pastor. From Jesus. Lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and the cares of this life. You might think, well, I'm not out carousing and I'm not out drinking. Oh, cares of this life. That would be meeting the needs of the family. The house, the car, the this, the that. That's part of life. I have those responsibilities, so do you. Don't let them consume you. Stay focused on heaven. Stay focused on heaven. And that day, capital D, which I believe is a reference to the rapture, come on you unexpectedly. For it will come on as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. Oh, you people have been talking about Jesus coming back for 2,000 years. He hasn't come back. So? That means he's not coming back? Israel was not a nation. Jerusalem was not the capital. He's coming back right on time. And this generation from 67, I believe, that generation from 67, doesn't mean they all have to die before he comes back. It just means that generation. What's a generation? Typically 70 to 80 years. Do the math. We're there. The Great Reset fits perfectly with 1967. And that Great Reset is, is aiming towards uh, 2030. It fits perfectly. Praise God. Luke 17. Luke 17. 26, and as it was in the days of Noah, so it will also be in the days of the Son of Man. So before the rapture, at the rapture, these things are going to take place in society, globally, not just an isolated center. They ate, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage. When you look up that word given in the Greek grammar, it's continuous, repetitious action. Marriage, divorce, marriage, divorce, marriage, divorce, marriage, divorce, marriage, divorce. Unfortunately, what's happening in our society, that very thing, the desanctification of marriage. Now, if you've gone through a divorce, there's no guilt, no condemnation. I know it happens. But the point is you want to look at the scriptures and go, what's one of the signs before Jesus comes back? The desanctification of marriage. Marriage between one man and one woman. One marriage. If you're remarried, you make sure that you stay married. Don't desanctify marriage. 
until the day of Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, it will also be in the days of Lot. Now, where was Lot living? In a homosexual infected city. There were not 10 right people right with God. There was not 10 people that were right with God in the whole city. Homosexuality had overtaken the society, which again is the desanctification of marriage. We don't need marriage. We don't need to repopulate. We don't need to procreate. We can just have guys on guys and gals on gals and everything will be fine. No. Does not work that way. They ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. Sounds like life was going as normal for both situations here. This is what Jesus is saying. But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even so, even so, even so. In other words, we're going to do, I'm going to do what I can do to vote and do all those things, but I am not fighting against God. I don't like it. It grieves me. Matter of fact, as you look at Lot here, do you know what it says elsewhere in Peter about Lot? Lot is called righteous. That righteous Lot. (laughs) Are you serious, God? Isn't this the guy that lost everything and he became an elder in Sodom and then he went and had sex with his two daughters, not knowingly, but got drunk and and you call him righteous? See, it's not works. It's grace. It's grace. If you know God, you're right with him. But in this day and age, before the return, there's going to be very few people that are right with him. I pray for a revival. I would love to see a revival. I personally think the last revival was in the 60s and 70s. People were getting saved just going into a building and hearing the gospel. They were, boom. They didn't even know why they went into the building. I've heard these stories. I didn't experience them, but I heard them from firsthand people that were experiencing them. People would walk by a coffee shop. They would turn it in the coffee shop. There'd be a Bible study going on, and people were getting saved. They are just getting saved, just getting saved, just getting saved all over the place. I think that was the last great revival. First Timothy 4. First Timothy 4. Now the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. So there's going to be, well, scriptures will tell us. So another again, another clue. So for you young believers or you're not familiar with the scriptures, we want to be looking for things that are going to happen. This gives us the the mentality, instead of getting fearful about what's happening, if we know what's happening, then we don't fear it. We trust that God has a plan. And we go, God, I don't like this. It grieves me. Even as Lot was grieved, it grieves me. So, but your will be done. Verse 2, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Just turn to your right a few pages. 2 Timothy, this is Paul's final letter. Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. So this is for you and I this morning. It's not preach for the Republicans, preach for the Democrats, preach for a mask, preach for a shot. No, 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 no. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to fables. Is this happening in our culture? Is this happening in our churches? 
Uh, we drove, we landed in Salt Lake City, and then we got in a, a rental car, and we drove 3,000 miles. And we drove by several churches that had rainbow flags and said, everyone is welcomed here. Yeah, everyone's welcomed here. Do you want me to hold on to my sin? Do you want your pastor to hold on to a sin? I know the answer. No. Do I want you to hold on to your sin? No. Yes, all are welcomed. But just don't stay a sinner. Get saved and allow God to clean you up. That's what it's all about. But there's going to come a time when they don't endure sound doctrine. How about 2 Thessalonians? So that's another thing we should be looking for. Is the church teaching the word of God? Is there sound doctrine being taught from the pulpit? Or is it wishy-washy? Are we trying to be culturally relevant? 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Verses 1 through 12. 2 Thessalonians 2. Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you not to soon be shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day, and again, I believe this is in reference to the rapture, and I'll explain why, will not come unless... The falling away comes first. So again, in Timothy and now in Thessalonians, there's going to be, there is going to be a falling away. I don't understand it. We have the word. Why would it happen? Because people are not in the word. And the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, so this would be the Antichrist, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God, or that is worship, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Now this is obviously during the great tribulation. The temple will be rebuilt. The holy place, he's going to go in halfway through the tribulation, read the book of Revelation. He's going to place the idol there. Do you not know that when I was still with you, I told you these things? Notice that Paul now is writing it, but he had already taught them these things. And now you know what is restraining that he may be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is at work. Only he, capital H, I believe, the Holy Spirit, which is the church, only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. The rapture. And then the lawless one will be revealed. Whom? Here's the big battle. Here's the big battle. Who's going to win? God or Satan? whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. End of battle. It's over. Wow, that was hard. Jesus just showed up and spoke. Who do you trust in? The government or the word of God? I'm going to trust in the word of God. Verse 9. The coming of the lawless one is is according to the working of Satan. And what is the working of Satan? To steal, kill, and destroy through what? What's his number one tactic? Revelation 12, 9. Deception, deception, deception. With all power, signs, and lying wonders, with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because that would be unbelievers, because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. Notice that. So as we go out and witness and people look at us and laugh at us or mock us or ridicule us or we always say to people, wherever we go, and we did it on our trip, we went to church twice, we found churches to go to, wonderful churches, but we always ask the waiter or the waitress, hey, do you need prayer for anything? And almost every single time, they'll kind of go, wow, I've never, that's never happened before. 
and they'll think about it, and then they'll give us a prayer request. And we say, you know what? We're going to pray for you, and we're going to pray for that request the rest of this week. And we did. Just be a light. Just be a light. They need the light that they may come to know Jesus. Verse 11, for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie and that they may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Oh, my word. Okay, write down these verses because Matt's coming up to sing a song. Man, do a Bible study, it goes fast. Please write down Daniel 8, 23 through 25 because we know when Jesus is coming back to the earth. In the rapture, we meet the Lord in the air. If you read Daniel, you're going to see the exact number of days from the abomination of desolation being set in the holy place. Daniel gives us the exact number of days when Jesus is coming back. Well, Jesus said, no man knows the day or the hour. Well, then he was lying because we know the day. No, he wasn't lying. He was talking about another occurrence where the church means Jesus in the air. That's called the rapture. And again, I won't argue with it. You don't want to believe in it. Don't believe in it. I think the scriptures clearly line up with it. We are not appointed unto God's wrath. And if three and a half billion people are going to die in the first three and a half years, I think that's God's wrath, not man's wrath. There's man's wrath. No comparison. A billion people a year, a billion people a year are going to die. No comparison. So make sure you know God. So Daniel 8, how about 2 Peter 3? Please write down or take a picture of 2 Peter 3. Mark chapter 13. Mark chapter 13, 32 through 37. And then 2 Peter 1, 12 through 21. Bottom line, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Let's stand. Father, we thank you for the morning. We thank you for your goodness, your faithfulness. We thank you for your word, Lord. We just did nothing but read your word. That's a great Bible study. For it tells us the truth. We don't need to fear man. We don't need to fear whatever may come against us. We just need to trust in you. Because your word says you work all things together for the good. You have a plan. You have a purpose. People are watching our testimony. They're, They're looking at our walk to really see if we truly believe what we say we believe. And so, Lord, fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit that as we go out into this world that is living in fear, that is so anxious, so worried about what's going on in Afghanistan and Israel and America and Canada, all over, Lord, that we'd be that light, that we'd be that that calm force, that we'd truly show that we trust that there is a God and he knows what he's doing, and that will give us an opportunity to witness for you. So, Lord, use us this week. Help us to be good, faithful ambassadors for Christ. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this teaching from God's Word. If you have any questions, would like to request prayer, or want more information about our church and how you can experience the love and hope of Jesus Christ in your life, please visit calvaryqueencreek.org.